take a seat if you haven't already. What's up, citizens? How we doing? How we feeling? Is the sun taking it out of you? You're a little tired, right? We're not used to it. We're like, okay, this thing called the sun uh, doesn't typically exist here in where we live in Washington. And when it does come out, it kind of terrorizes us and we feel awful. Is that the vibe right now? Is that what I'm hearing? That's what I'm feeling. I love it. I love the sun. I don't like the heat, but I like being able to look at the sky and the world around me. Welcome to Citizens Youth. Hey, my name is Noah, and I missed you guys last week. Good to be, uh, good to be back with you. I missed you guys a ton. I uh, heard, heard Courtney did awesome, and she told me all about her message, and I'm really thankful. Yeah, we give it up for Courtney. Come on. Let's go. She told me all about it, and I could just tell it was amazing and super great. And um, I was at New Heights Summer Camp, which was amazing. We saw um, lots and lots of students come to know the Lord uh, through faith in Jesus Christ, which was amazing, super awesome to see. Uh, we were able to cheer on another church in our community, which I love doing. Uh, it's an important thing that we get to do as Christians. We don't all go to the same congregation or body, but we get to support one another, especially in an area like Vancouver and Portland, uh, to just support other churches. Awesome, and it was great to see that. And there's a few things that I thought their camp, it was just super fun and super awesome to see. And there was plenty of things I saw. I was like, man, I love this, that they're doing this, but I'm so thankful for our camp. Let me tell you just one little thing about some of their games. So I hear sometimes from you, a little bit of feedback, all right? Sometimes I like doing gross games where we have to eat lots of stuff or eat something gross, okay? I think they're hilarious games. And sometimes I hear from people in the audience, I'm not gonna call you out, but no, it's really gross. You're gonna make us eat that? And I'm like, yes, yes, I am. I absolutely, 100%. That's happening right now. And I hear it sometimes. And let me tell, me, let me tell you what I saw at this camp. And I don't want to hear anything ever again from me, all right? There was this relay race that happened. It was awesome, super fun. But there were three things in the relay race. I could not believe my eyes. I watched it happen, but I couldn't believe it was happening. Number one, there was a lemon that one person had to eat the full lemon, the whole thing, the like outside skin and the seeds, all of it. I, yes promise you. They said, all right, step one, eat the lemon. And so someone from each team had to go and devour the entire thing. And I was like, I couldn't believe my eyes. Children were in tears. You're not kids. You're not children, but whatever. It makes it more dramatic if I say it like that. Crying, people bawling their eyes out, eating a lemon. It was disgusting. Okay. So you're like, that's really gross. Second thing they had to do. They had to do this with the entire team. They put a massive Costco-sized jar of peanut butter on a table and say, eat the whole thing. And I was like, what the heck is going on? What? And I watched, again, children crying, mothers screaming, people, there's chaos everywhere. They're eating an entire, I saw an entire Costco-sized jar of peanut gut butter gone like that. And then the final thing they had to do, there's a couple other things in between. So people are eating all this stuff and they're running around and I'm like, people are going to throw up. And it definitely did happen a few times. The final thing that the team had to do there was an entire watermelon, and they said, eat the watermelon. And this is how they ate it, right? This is how they ate it. They just slammed it on the ground and just started, like, eating it with their hands. And I was just standing there. I was like, what? So all this to say, if we ever do an eating game, it won't be like that. And I never want to hear a complaint about it ever, okay? Promise me. Promise me. But anyways, all this to say, it was uh, super fun being there, and I... I love those games and being there. Open up your Bibles to uh, John chapter 6 today. And, um, 
you know, we're talking about gross food and we're talking about disgusting things. Um, but there's this really cool passage that I want us to study tonight. And in this passage, Jesus compares himself to food. Uh, you know, Jesus doesn't hide who he is to you and me. Do you know that? Jesus doesn't hide himself to you and me. Uh, so many people look at religion or spirituality and they think that it's a list of rules to follow. Or they think it's a puzzle to solve. Or they think it's some sort of nirvana to reach, some sort of mountain to climb. Uh, but the Gospels, specifically, is just a story of God saying, this is who I am. And the person of Jesus Christ, specifically, throughout the book of John, goes around and very clearly and plainly says, this is who I am. This is what I'm like. And in the passage we're going to read tonight, Jesus calls himself the bread of life an all-sustaining, perfect, and holy bread that he offers to us. Jesus compares himself to the bread of life. In our current day and age where we are so tempted to go to everything but Christ, Jesus reminds us that everything else we go to will not satisfy. And so we're doing another one-off message. I don't like doing them back-to-back typically, uh, but this is a message I was just reading through this passage, and I was like, I want my kids, I want you guys to hear uh, about this. I want you to understand and know that Jesus is the bread of life. And when I called, told Courtney about this, when I got back from camp, she's like, I taught something similar last week. And so it's really cool that God put both of these things on our hearts separately. And there's kind of the main idea is very, very similar in these two things. And so I think that's uh, showing us that God is leading us somewhere. Uh, he's leading our ministry somewhere that we want to go and we want to listen. Amen. Amen. So let's read together in uh, John chapter six, starting in verse 20. Uh, Starting in verse 24, this is what God's word says. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they gathered themselves, got into boats, and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. So a little bit of context. This is right after, if you know the stories of the gospel, this is right after the miracle of feeding the 5,000. Jesus was teaching to a group of people. Um, There was, you know, Jesus asked his disciples, how are we going to feed these people? He's trying to test them, and they're like, we don't know. We would need an entire year's wages to feed all these people. And Jesus is like, gotcha. And he uh, just, just miraculously allows bread to appear. And he multiplies these loaves and he feeds thousands and thousands of men, women, and children in a miraculous event in history. And so that just happened. And so now people, like in this day and age, this guy made bread appear. And they're like, we want to follow the bread guy. The bread guy He's got a lot of stuff that we want to be about, specifically the fact that he gives us bread. And so these group of people, they're following after Jesus. They're stalking Jesus just so they can be fed again. Verse 25, when they found him on the other side of the sea, Jesus walks across the sea. Fun fact, it's just a little thing uh, in there. You should read it later. It's very cool. They said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, You are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Jesus doesn't really answer them. They're like, Jesus, how'd you get there? And he's like, truly, truly, you're looking for me because you're full. Your stomachs are full. This is what he says. Such beautiful language here from Jesus. He says, I tell you, you're seeking me, not because you saw the signs, but because you had your fill. Do not work for the food That perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you, for on him God the Father has set his seal. The title of the message today is Never Hungry Again. 
And that's the promise that Jesus has here in this passage that we're going to see together. When we fall after Christ, when we know Jesus, when we don't try Jesus, when we don't like Jesus, but when we submit to him as Lord, there is an awesome promise here that we will never be hungry ever again. That's what I want for you if you're not following after Jesus. That's what I want for you if you've tried following Jesus or you think you're following Jesus, but you don't know. That's what I want for you if you've been following Jesus, but you've been uh, turning your sights to things of this world that aren't going to satisfy. I want you to know and to have a relationship with Jesus so that you will never be hungry again. God, be with us as we look through this word. Uh, Guide and direct my thoughts and my words so that they're not uh, anything that I would say is my opinion or my perspective, but would you just draw forth your truth in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Jesus says, "Uh, truly I say to you, you're seeking me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. These guys are very, very worried about the material right now. They're focused on the material world around them, physical bread. They really want what Jesus has to offer because Jesus just did a miracle. Jesus just did something super cool. They're not hungry anymore. It was probably the best bread that they've ever had, and they are following after him. I don't know about you, but I love bread. Bread is great. Bread is amazing. And people who go carbless on diets, I feel really bad for you guys, but that's okay. understand. Um, But Jesus, I can't imagine the type of bread that he makes, right? I can't imagine, right? Jesus makes everything perfect and amazing, and I can't imagine what that was like. Uh, But these people are stalking Jesus because they're concerned about the material, and Jesus is always concerned about the spiritual. When we're concerned about the world around us, Jesus is concerned about the world within us. When we're concerned about the world around us, Jesus looks directly through all of the things that the world says, hey, this is awesome, and he looks right to the heart. It's kind of this intimidating thing when you think about it. Jesus doesn't care about the clothes you wear. Uh, Jesus doesn't care about the car you drive. Jesus doesn't care about the type of life you're living materially. Jesus cares about your heart. And Jesus cares about where your heart finds its satisfaction. And Jesus cares about where your hunger is, is quenched, where your hunger is fulfilled. And he says, don't work for the food that spoils Don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. Jesus reveals to us what we really need. That's the first point tonight. Jesus reveals to us what we truly need. And when you and I focus on the material, when you and I focus on the things around us, you will be starving, hungry, and lost. When you and I are obsessed with the world around us, the things that we can see, the things that we can say, the things that we can touch, the things that we can experience, when we are obsessed with those things, we are starving. We're starving for something deeper. Every single one of us has a God-sized hole in our hearts and a God-sized hole in our stomachs. We all want something. We all need something. And there's lots of uh, people in the room who desire to be made whole. Every single person in this room desires to be made whole. You want to be free from fear or anxiety or pain. You want to be uh, loved. You want to be valued. You want to have friends. You want to have community. And all these things are amazing. Every single person in this room wants to have life. And nobody can debate that fact. Nobody in this room can debate the fact that we all want something deeper. But what we can't agree on is where we find our satisfaction from. And Jesus says, don't work for the food that perishes. 
Don't work for this bread. Jesus is using this miracle in this moment to say it's not about the physical bread that I've given you. You need something deeper. You need something more satisfying. Why are these people following after Jesus right now? Why are they searching him? Why do they walk across the, around the sea to go find him? Because they're hungry again. And that's what happens to you and I every single day, physically, materially. We are hungry. We need more stuff. We need more things. And Jesus cuts right through that level of thinking and says, how's your heart? How's your heart? Where is it right now? Where are you finding joy? Where are you finding affirmation? Where are you desiring to find affirmation? Where do you want to be fulfilled? Where where do you want to be satisfied? Every single day, when we crave and desire the material things, we will be hungry again the very next day or maybe the very next, next second. Jesus cuts right through that level of thinking and goes for something deeper. He says, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. This is a pretty bold statement from Jesus. You will never be hungry again. Find this bread. I think there's some peak moments in life where we think, hey, if only I did this, then I'll be good, right? If only I got this thing down, then I'll be fine. I've mentioned this before, um, but I play the game Settlers of Catan, and I love it. It's amazing. Very nerdy, but whatever. Super nerdy, but yeah, it's okay. And if you don't know, in this game, you need to build roads to build settlements and to build settlements or you need settlements to build cities, and you need a bunch of cities and a bunch of settlements to win the game. That's how it goes. But in order to get these things, you need resources. You need to collect things along the way. And I don't know if you've ever played the game, but there's certain moments in time where you get kind of close to the end, maybe like seven points, and you're kind of like hiding a victory point, and you're like, oh my gosh, I could win this entire game. And like, if you have like 20, 30 cards in your hand, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but it's happened to me plenty of times where I literally need one more card to win the game. And I try and trade. I'm like, hey, does anyone have a brick? And people are like, no. And I'm like, if only I had a brick, I would win the game. I'm like, and I ask again. I'm like, does anyone have a brick? And they're like, no. I'm like, calculating again. I'm like, dang it. I literally need one thing. I just need one more thing, and then I'll be fine. So does anyone have a brick? And they're like, no, I pass the dice, and I pass the dice. And someone else wins the next round, and I'm like, I flip the table. I'm angry, right? I'm like Jesus in the temple. I'm like, no, this is awful, right? I just need one more thing. I feel that way. You're like, you need to calm down about Catan. That is really embarrassing. I understand this. I understand this. I all, I, I'd make fun of myself for this very reason. That level of thinking doesn't just happen when we play games. That level of thinking happens all the time in life. I mean, if only I had a girlfriend, right? Guys in the room are like, I've never thought that. I was in high school. I was in high school. I understand. You're like, I would never think that way. Oh, if only I had a girlfriend. Okay, if only I had a boyfriend. All right, if only I was in with that crew of people. All right, if only I had a family who was like this. If only my, my mom was like this or my dad wasn't like this. If only I had blank, then I would be all right. You see, our hearts are hungry for something, but it can never be found in this world. Maybe you thought that like finally getting out of middle school is gonna be it, but now you're in high school and you feel the exact same way. Maybe you thought that like being physical with your boyfriend or girlfriend was going to be what satisfied you, but now they're gone and you feel way more empty inside. Maybe you thought that like losing your mind on pills or alcohol or whatever was going to be the solution for you, and now you feel really anxious all the time. My question to you and to us as a ministry is, are you satisfied? 
Are you satisfied? Or are you engaging in things that the world says is, or that the, the, the scriptures would show us as garbage when Jesus offers you bread? When Jesus offers you something that will satisfy you, when Jesus offers something that is going to sustain you, not just today, not just tomorrow, but for eternal life. Are you satisfied with the things of this world? My guess would be probably not. If you're honest with yourself, then you might be lying to yourself saying, I've got it all together right now. I am good. And I promise you, you will not always feel that way. And it might not be this year, it might not be next year, it could be 10, 15, 20 years from now, the bread of this world will rot and you'll be left hungry again. So what should we do? What should we do about this thing? Verse 28 says this, then they said to him, Jesus says, you need to find this bread. And they said to him, what must we be doing to do the works of God? And Jesus said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. So they said to him, then what sign will you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven. Then Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives his life to the world. So they said to him, sir, give us this bread always. They ask, what do we do? All right, okay, Jesus, they're like, he's like, you, Jesus says, you need, you need this bread. You need this thing. And they're like, yes, we absolutely do need this bread. What do we need to do? And Jesus says, do this. This is the work of God that you believe in whom he has sent. Could God's plan for a satisfying life here on earth truly be found in a holistic belief in the person of Jesus Christ? Could God's plan for you to be satisfied, to be saved, to never be hungry again, be based off a complete and total belief in the person of Jesus Christ? I would say yes. I would truly believe that. When the world says you have to work, Jesus says belief. I hear this all the time. It's kind of, especially in our Western culture, in our American context, this idea of like, hey, you want blessings from heaven? You want bread that satisfies? You got to work for it. Wake up at 5 a.m. Here's all these tips and tricks. Don't go to bed until you've done these 13 things. You got to work for it. When the world says that, Jesus says, believe. When the world says, get up, try again, you'll get them next time, Jesus says, believe in me. When the world says, push all the obstacles out of your way, find what makes you happy, and dive deep into it, Jesus says, believe in me. When the world says, loosen up, lose your mind, go crazy, have fun, Jesus says, believe in me. That's the works of God. That is the works of God, and that's what I want for you. That's what I want for our ministry. That's what I want for this group of people to truly be convicted and convinced of. Because there's so many people around us who need this bread, who need the all-satisfying person of Jesus Christ in their lives. Because right now they are starving looking through this world. And I want us to be so convinced of this truth that we want other people to be a part of it and partake in it. That's what I want. Right? This isn't like a limited amount of bread. This is an unlimited amount of Jesus for all of us. And that's what I want us to believe. Jesus reveals to us what we really need. He says, it's me. 
It's the bread of life. It's the bread that will satisfy. Jesus says, do the works. This is what the works of God are, to believe in the one who has sent you. Maybe you've been in the spot in your life, or maybe you're there right now, where you say, I've tried all of that. I've tried all of it. I've tried the Bible. I've tried keeping the rules. I've tried going to youth ministry. I've tried connecting in small group. I've tried all these things, and I'm still anxious. I've tried all of these things, and I still feel lonely. I think I've tried all these things, and I'm still struggling with sin. And to what I would tell you is you've probably tried some sort of quasi-religious set of rules. But you can't try Jesus. You can only know Jesus. You can only believe in Jesus. And you can only worship Jesus. And you can only submit to him as Lord. Uh, Jesus isn't like a new flavor at salt and straw. Where you're just like, can I have one of those little teaspoons, right? You know what I'm talking about. You go to line. You know what you want, but the person in front of you doesn't. They stand there for five minutes. They're trying all the flavors, right? I'm getting upset about salt and straw now. But here's the thing. That's not who Jesus is. There's not like, let me try this. Come on. Can I try something else? This isn't a picture of Christianity. That is an awful, horrendous picture of Christianity. The real Jesus says, believe and follow me and be satisfied. And so if you're trying something else, it's not going to work. And I would tell you, believe in the person of Jesus Christ. Could God's plan for you really be based on a holistic belief in the person of Jesus Christ? The answer has to be, and I believe the answer is Yes. These guys are asking a lot of questions. How do we get this bread? And then they said, well, our fathers ate manna in, uh, in the wilderness. All right. Again, in this current context, this would have been a, a proud moment in history for these people to understand that God had provided bread in the wilderness after slavery in Egypt. This is a historical thing that literally and truly happened to the people of Israel. And, and they're picturing this bread. So Jesus is talking about bread, and they're like, well, we, our fathers ate bread in the desert, right? And Jesus says something really interesting we're going to see here in a second. But Jesus shows us, and he truly reveals to us, that it was never about the gift. It was always about the giver. It was never about the gift. It was always about who gave the gift. He says it was not Moses, right? They're talking a big game for Moses, and Jesus says, that guy was all right. I like that guy, but like, it wasn't Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives his life to the world. It was never about the messenger or the mechanism. It was always about the giver and the gift. Jesus hints at something that you and I need. It is something deeper that all of us need in order to be satisfying. Right? Jesus isn't a vending machine. Right? He's, not a, he's not a free sample and he's not a vending machine. I go to him when I need him. I go to him when I want him. I go to him when I, like, it seems convenient and I, like, have a few bucks. Like, Jesus is a person and, a, and, and, and God, he is a God to worship and to fall before and to sing to him and to follow his instructions because only that will satisfy our hungry hearts. That's the only thing that will satisfy you. That's the only thing that is going to satisfy us collectively. It's not more knowledge. It's not more understanding. It's not all these little things we picture. It's more of Jesus. And that's what I want you to see. That's what I want to see. That's what I want us together to see. It was never about the mechanism or the messenger. It was about the giver, and it was about the gift. 
Jesus says you need something that doesn't change, something that doesn't disappoint, something that will bring comfort, peace, joy, purpose all of your days. If only such a thing could exist, Jesus, tell me about it. And this is what they say. Sir, give us this bread always. Verse 35, Jesus said to them, I'm the bread. I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. We talked about that last week. But I say to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives to me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So Jesus tells us what we really need, and then Jesus tells us who he really is. He says, I'm the bread. It's me. Jesus isn't confused about who he is. You might be confused about who he is. The world might be confused about who he is. uh, But Jesus is not. Jesus is very clear throughout the scriptures, throughout the entirety of the gospels. Jesus says stuff like this. It's me. I'm the bread of life. It's not hidden. It's me. I'm that bread. I'm the one who satisfies. I am the one who sustains. I don't know what you think God is like. When you picture God in heaven, holy and lifted up, seated on the throne, I don't know what you picture. You might picture a few things. You might think God's an angry God. You might think he's kind of this cosmic bully. You might think he's a little vindictive. You might think of God and you might think of a destructive hammer that's coming to break everything that you like. You might picture God... And you might picture a long list of things that you've done wrong. You might picture God and you might picture like a lightning bolt coming to strike you down anytime that you step out of line. But that's not who Jesus says God is. That's not what Jesus calls himself. This is what Jesus calls himself. This is what Jesus shows us. God is like. He says, I'm the bread of life. I'm what satisfies. I'm what brings joy. I am the one that has come down from heaven. Talk about God providing for his people. When we picture God, we need to picture a full banquet of a meal that will satisfy. When we picture God, we have to picture an all-satisfying, all-amazing God who says, I'm the bread. This is what I'm like. I don't know what you think God is like. Hey, listen up here in the middle. This is important. I don't know what you think God is like, but God says he's like bread. And anything else that you run to is going to completely suck away at the life that God wants you to live. And I want you to live a full life. All right? I want you to live a full life. That's what I'm here to do. That's what Jesus says he was here to do. I want you to have life and life to the full. And it is only through the person of Jesus Christ, the people of Israel, thousands of years before this moment, literally starving in the desert. What are we going to do? And God provides for his people. And in a much more amazing way, God does it again through the person of Jesus Christ. In a much more awesome way, God provides for his people once again. Talk about God providing for his people. 
In the desert of sin, he provides. In the desert of loneliness, he satisfies. In the desert of depression, he is there. In the desert of our own self-destruction, he is the bread of life. That's who Jesus is. That's what God's like. Jesus is God, and that is who God reveals himself to be. He says, I'm the bread of life. That's who I am. And if you're hungry for something more, I promise you, you're not going to find it anywhere else except the person of Jesus Christ. You'll never find it. Verse 41 said this, So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I'm the bread of life that comes down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I've come down from heaven? They're like, we've seen this guy since he was little. I don't know if I ever saw him come down from heaven. This is a little sketch. Jesus answered them, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come unless the father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. It's written in the prophets. And they will be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the father comes to me. Such an important passage. You need to understand that truth. Anyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. He says it again. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is in my flesh. So Jesus tells us what we really need. Jesus tells us who he really is. And now Jesus invites us to himself. Jesus invites us to himself. This is an open invitation to the person of Jesus Christ. This is an open invitation to bread that satisfies and to a life that will endure eternally. Jesus invites us to himself. He's not confused about who he is. He says, I'm from the Father. Anyone who knows the Father is from him. Anyone who's seen the Father is from him. But no man comes to the Father except through me, he'll say in a few more chapters. The person of Jesus, the bread of life, gives us access to God. And he invites us. This is an open invitation. This is not get your act together, try harder. This is not, ah, uh, maybe tomorrow. This isn't when the vibe is good or when I feel like it. This is something that happens every single day. And if until, until we get that, until we understand that, you're not going to be satisfied. You're always going to be hungry. And I want our ministry to show other people this type of bread. This type of satisfaction. I want us to first and foremost be following after Jesus. So when we uh, are anxious and are worried, we run back to him and we feel fulfilled and we feel thankful. And we want other people around us to see and experience this. Jesus invites us to partake in this bread. Jesus uses the physical need, right? All these people are hungry. They're like, he did this miracle. Do it again. Jesus uses this to go right to the heart. These guys are grumbling. They're like wondering who God is. What do you think God is like? Who do you say Jesus is? Do you believe all that he said he would be and who he is? Do you believe that? Does your life reflect that you know that? Do the quiet, anxious moments of doubt reflect that you know him? Do you know him? 
Have you submitted your life to him? Because Jesus invites us in. He says, it's me. I'm the bread of life. Main idea, thing I want you to take away. Jesus alone satisfies our heart's deepest hunger. Jesus alone will satisfy our heart's deepest hunger. Are you starving for something real? Are you hungry for something deeper that you can't see, touch, or hear? Good, because that means you're at the beginning of understanding who God is and how he is the only one. Jesus alone fully satisfies us. Jesus, in this miracle of breaking bread, shows that in this miracle, there's leftovers. This is something that we forget all the time. It's this one little short verse that says there were leftovers at this miracle. But that's very rare in this day and age. And for these people who are listening to him, Jesus satisfies so much that we can't even handle all that he's giving us. There's so many blessings. There's leftovers. There's abundance. There's life to the full. That's the type of picture Jesus offers you. Overflowing blessings. Overflowing food. Something that just keeps going. And you're like, I want it. I want that. I I want that bread. And if you're in this room, and if you're a part of our ministry, and you're like, that's me, I want that. But why isn't it happening? I think there's two things that could be happening. One, maybe you don't follow after Jesus. You can't be satisfied by him if you don't follow him. Maybe you haven't turned and repented from your sin and embraced him in faith. That could be an option. Or maybe, too, you do follow him. You do know him. You know you're a Christian. Why am, why am I not being by, uh, blessed by Jesus? Uh, you're turning away from the blessing, and you're going to the garbage of this world. Jesus offers us a banquet, and you're diving into the dumpster. Sin, pornography, uh, lust, uh, drinking, smoking, whatever it is right now, what garbage are you dumping in your life into when Jesus offers you bread? Anger, what, what is it? And Jesus forgives us from those things. So hear me out. We don't have to get rid of those things to experience him. But when we know him and we follow him and we turn our lives back to the gutter and we wonder, why, why do I feel kind of empty inside? Because Jesus says that, that was never going to satisfy you in the first place. It was always me. This has always been the plan. This has always been my desire. Why aren't I being blessed by Jesus? One, you need to follow him. And two, as we follow him, we need to keep our eyes focused on him. And when we do that, we have our eyes focused on God the Father. He's the bread that satisfies. He is the access to the true life. And I want more people to hear about it. I love that you hear about it every week. But there are people that you know who are starving. And you don't know if that, the, the garbage that they're in is literally going to kill them. I want more people to hear. I want us to know. I want us to share that good news. This is an open invitation to the bread of life. This is what our ministry stands on. This is what our ministry uh, needs to be about. To be so fulfilled and sustained by the person of Jesus Christ that we are out of that overflow, we invite others in and we tell them. Evangelism is simple. Paul taught us this a couple months ago. Evangelism is simple. It's one beggar telling another beggar where they found bread. And that's who Jesus is. He shows us that he's the bread, and we just get to tell the people around them. We get to remind each other of this truth. That's what I want for us. That's what I want for you. Let's pray. God, we love you. We're thankful that you alone can satisfy our heart's deepest hunger.
I pray that you would be for the person in the room right now who um, maybe is recognizing that there's some things in their life that they have completely in, uh, just dove into and it is not working. It is not working out for them. Uh, I pray that that would be a good thing and that they would turn back to you. I pray that for the people in this room who are just discouraged in their walk with you right now, would you remind them and show them that you are satisfying? God, would we turn to your word for guidance? Would we turn to your community um, for healing and for help and for comfort? And God, would your spirit guide us all of our days? I pray for the person in this room who doesn't know you yet. I pray that you would continue to pull on their heart and that they would commit their lives to you and that you would continue uh, to, um, to reveal yourself to them. I pray that our ministry would be so hungry for you that we would just be desperate for time in your word, desperate for time together. And would we be so overfilled with you that we would go out and we would share, we'd tell other people about it and we'd invite other people in. That's our prayer, Lord. We trust in faith that you alone can give us this hunger and desire. And we ask for it anew and afresh today. Jesus, it's in your precious and perfect name. We pray.